England. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Eurozone Football Podcast. My name's Andy in Manchester. I'm joined by Dan in Blackpool. Hey Dan, you okay? Hi. Yeah, okay. That, that wasn't uh, very... <laughs> you didn't really sell that one, but uh, we'll get onto the reason why shortly. And I'm also joined by Ryan in Toronto, Canada. Hey Ryan. Hello Andrew. You alright? I've had better weeks, but ultimately <laughs> they've calmed down since the final whistle. Yes. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm I'm fairly awful, but uh, cheered up by tonight's events. Um, the w- w- let's let's not shy away from this. We'll go straight into the England <laughs> game. Um, I want to get the best reaction, so I won't let you uh, think about. The I wondered game. if you wondered if you'd leave it to last. No, let's not leave it to last. Let's go straight into it. So uh, we've just watched England lose 2-1 uh, to Iceland, having taken the lead through a Wayne Rooney penalty, only to be pegged back two minutes later. And then uh, it was about 19 minutes that Iceland uh, took the lead. Um, and they held on fairly comfortably without much yep. uh, without much of a problem. Um, I, don't, I don't want to go to Dan first because I know he's got his, uh, his list <laughs> of things, which I imagine have been carved through... Stone, uh, with bloody fingernails. With fingernails. <laughs> uh, so, so Ryan, um, a simple question: uh, What's gone wrong for England in this game, and indeed the whole tournament? Because they haven't been particularly impressive. What's gone wrong in every single game we've played is we've not had enough penetration in the final third. We've teams have played against us with eleven men behind the ball every single game we've played. Russia. 11 men behind the ball, we dominated possession. Wales, 11 men behind the ball, we dominated possession. Slovakia, 11 men behind the ball, we dominated possession. And Iceland, exactly the same. And we got caught on the counter in, well, I guess, you know, in, in every goal we conceded, apart from the Russia goal, where they scored in the 90th minute and we you know, surrendered possession to them. It just seems like we had no drive, no fight, no desire, no passion. Everything Gareth Bale said, the only game we had fight and passion in is in the 89th minute against Wales when we got a lucky break of the ball and somehow Deli Alli managed to bundle the ball through to Daniel Sturridge and he managed to flick home with his right foot and one of the only shots he had on target, every other shot he tried from 50 yards onwards went skyward. I just, Roy Hodgson got his tactics monumentally wrong from the start, picking Raheem Sterling over anyone, any single winger, only taking one qualified winger. I'm not sure you can count Lallana as as a winger there. And just blatantly playing Harry Kane, who's completely out of form. Raheem Sterling, who's completely out of form. Not having the balls to drop Joe Hart after his fuck-up against uh, Wales. And just continuing and taking Wilshire as well and Henderson who both of whom did nothing and not playing Barkley there's so many things he did wrong that I'll go into after Dan stops waving his hand yeah, in the Dan camera is, Dan uh, in the video is frantically waving his hand uh, let's see what um, nuggets of delight he's got for us <laughs> um, yeah well I'm not happy um, I'm never I'm happy but on that point with Ryan just saying about Sterling I mean yeah, if he's not full of confidence, um, I thought he didn't do too bad against Russia. I've made that known. He, he was awful against Wales, and yeah, he was dropped. But the six changes for me have done it in that game against Slovakia. We yeah. had a chance to win the group. We could have gone on to play a third-place team, and it ended up being Northern Ireland. And we ended up with Iceland. And again, we should have beat Iceland. We could have ended up with Portugal, which I still think would have been a better choice for us. I mean, we haven't played well tonight, but it would have been a different type of pressure in the game on our England players. But we should have been able to win that group. We should have played mainly the same players, maybe one or two changes. The same call, like other teams have, unless they've won the group. And then, bang, into the quarter, round of 16, with the confidence, with the right team, the right shape, the right structure. And he ruined it. He just made six changes, and then he changed the same, he made six changes again this tonight. I don't think... He, he didn't know what he was doing. I don't think you can blame... He didn't know what he's best at. I don't think, I think you can was. blame changes, really. No, no, you can't. In, in a competition like this... You have a squad of 23 players or 21 players and they all should be good enough to slot in where needed. And it, it, the, the biggest problem is 
We played 4-4-2 in every game leading up to this tournament, and then as soon as the tournament hit, he went to a 4-5-1. So... Absolutely. So you've got a situation where um, you've qualified with flying colours, uh, 10, 10 wins from 10, playing that diamond... Four, it was a, pretty much that diamond 4-4-2, four, uh, four, four, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, for most part. And, you've, and you don't take any wingers. So, like, like you said, Ryan, so you've got a situation where you've played a, a successful formation that's worked against teams that play with men behind the ball. You've got a, you've got a win each time. You change it up to a system that requires two wingers and you don't take any wingers. And then you play against teams like you've just been beating with one formation. You use a separate formation going into the tournament without the correct personnel to... Uh, to to basically do that that thing that he's trying to do, Ed. you know, Andros Townsend, I I don't think he's a very good player, but he is he better than Sterling right now. Absolutely, be on that, in that squad for what Roy Hodgson's trying to do. Um, there's probably other Mark O'Brien, you know, he's not yeah. he's not a world beater, but he can get a cross in. And hard working player, it just that exactly what we lacked. And it, I, I uh, was was talking to people at work today about about the game because I think the England team leaked earlier today didn't it or you know certainly the press had a, a good idea of what the team was going to be um, and I thought Ross Barkley should have been in there because yes. he is a player that just he can shoot from distance so if you've got a team setting back it allows you to have another option similar to what Bale does uh, well did for Spurs when you had teams sitting back and he hit those uh, well <laughs> obviously he's a little bit better than that uh, Ross Barkley, but it's the same principle. And <clears throat> at least Barkley's not seen the, seen the game. You mentioned before, I think it was you, Ryan, that, that said in the text, it's John Stones. Yeah. A, ball, a ball-playing mid, uh, defender, it makes loads of sense in this game. And, you know, I know your point about if he if they beat Slovakia, they play Northern Ireland. But Northern Ireland aren't better than Iceland. Iceland aren't better than Northern Ireland. They're, they're interchangeable well, for me. But the point I was going to make was when Ryan was saying the, the passion was there in the last minute against Wales, but there was a bit, it was, there was more passion in that whole game than there was in the other games. There wasn't enough earlier on in that game, but there was more. And playing a home nation, I think maybe there would have been a bit more, more passion in there to win the game. Okay, no, that's, that's it, a fair point. Go on. It's a fair point, but it's the European Championships. We ha- we haven't won a knockout game since two thousand and six. Two thousand and six was the last time we won a knockout game. So and that was when we lost to Italy on penalties. Oh, we oh, that wasn't even then. It was in the bloody World Cup. Good time. That was we beat Ecuador. <laughs> Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson has won three out of eleven games in knockout football in in comp- major competitions for England. He should not have been the manager going forward. He really shouldn't have been the manager. He was going after the tournament anyway, wasn't he? So unless he did well. So you, like you, we. Gone. Oh, I was going to say we can beat these teams in qualifying. Like, Switzerland were our biggest opponents in qualifying, yeah, fair enough. At home and away, we beat Switzerland. We weren't expected to beat Switzerland away, we were expected to get a draw, we won. Fair enough. Yeah, Danny Welbeck was great for us in qualifying, and we really did miss him in this tournament. Um, just his direct running, and even, you know, he showed when uh, Marcus Rashford came on. Like um, Dan said before, he's, he got more take-ons in that game than any other England player, and he was on the pitch for four minutes. I was sat shouting at my TV for a good 35 minutes ask, like shouting when is the next substitution going to happen because the first time Jack Wilshire touched the ball it rolled under his foot the second time he gave it away the third time he passed it nowhere the fourth time he gave it away and then the fifth time it rolled under his foot again that, that's the substitution you bring on to change a game is a guy who can't control the ball it's baffling do you think the the lack of performances uh, you know from Rooney from Wilshire when he came on Sturridge was poor. Kane was again woeful. Do you think that does come down to the pressure? You know this perceived pressure that the England team tend to uh, succumb to. Uh, and do you think that this this whole notion of being proud to be English and having that desire? Do you think it's been it's been a long time that people have been saying this that players just don't care enough to play for England. They're not that bothered. They don't they don't make the money playing for England. Do you think Dan that there's a there's something to that, and do you think that's what's hampering the team, or is it is it more about um, quality? I don't know. Well, I think watching that game tonight, I mean, they haven't had a lot. They haven't shown the passion. I, I imagine 
they want to play for England. I imagine they've got they seem to have the camaraderie and they seem to have the, the team spirit between them. So I don't think it's necessarily it's not there. I just don't think it's in there in abundance like other teams have. But I mean, tonight it just seemed like they were waiting for someone else to pull the rabbit out of the hat. So they were waiting for Sturridge to do something, yet every time he tried something, it didn't work off. They were expecting Rooney to do something or someone else. But the occasion seemed to get too much for him. And I think it was just the fact that, I mean, as I said before, there was Rooney and Hart were the only two that had played a knockout game for England. Everyone else, it was the first knockout game. And I think it just got too much for him. The pressure that was from, they were expected to win that game. There was no, that's why I think if they would have played a Portugal, it wouldn't have been, you're going to, you, you're expected to win. It would have been, it's going to be a close game. And it would be a different pressure put on the players, but they all went into that knowing if we lose this game, we're going to get slated, and that's our England career, England career. not over, but seriously dented. Do you know what I mean? Okay, on that point, then uh, you mentioned England careers being dented and things like that. Players like Rooney and Joe Hart going forward, do you see that uh, Gary Cahill's uh, thirty, I think now. Do you see his place? I think it was more aimed at the young ones, that, that the dented thing. I think them ones, I think you look, they maybe got one more tournament in them for experience, but Rooney shouldn't be in our squad again. And we said this from the beginning and he had a good yeah. game, but he shouldn't be in the squad. He shouldn't be in the starting 11 at league uh, anyway. But yeah, uh, sorry, Ryan's been waiting to make a point. Yes. Uh, I was just going to take on from that point you were asking about should Rooney and Hart still be part considered part of the squad? I think Rooney will just go on now and break Pete Shilton's record as record appearance holder because he is the top goal scorer I think he'll just go on and be that record uh, appearance holder I think he's just going to continue to do that maybe may play a little part in World Cup in Russia if it continues to be in Russia after everything that happened there that's a different story um, but Joe Hart will probably get dropped for Jack Butland if Jack Butland has another good season at Stoke he'll get snapped up by a big team and in a big qualifying year big World Cup year he'll, he'll be the number one Joe Hart will drop to the bench if at all play because there's no way you can... At one point in today, Joe Hart had faced five shots on his goal and he conceded four goals. Yeah. Two of those, very, very savable. And I just I can't see how he could possibly be England's number one. Yeah, he makes some good saves here and there, but he, he's, <laughs> his concentration goes in games. He just he, He's his own worst enemy. And for, for Wayne Rooney, yeah, he'll just get the, he'll get his record appearances in the qualifiers. He only needs another, what, 11 game, 11 or 12. He'll get those leading up to the World Cup. He'll play a couple of games in the World Cup. And that's it. But it just shows that Buffon is, what, 40 years old and had a better tournament, faced 38. more shots. 38, sorry. He's, you know, he's, he's faced more shots than Hart on his goal and saved more. And Manuel Neuer, also, uh, Germany haven't conceded a goal yet. Emmanuel Neuer's faced more shots on target than uh, yeah. than Joe Hart. Kyrie, uh, like, um, the Hungarian keeper with a free kick save yesterday. He's what? Yeah. Nearly 40. He's 40, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so, I mean, it's good. One thing to, to go to look at the opposite side of that, this is the youngest team in the tournament. Um, yeah. And you've got you've got a lot of players there that aren't even 25 yet who have got, you'd, you'd argue, uh, three or four or more more tournaments in them um, certainly players like Ali and uh, well Sterling if he if he can get back in um, John Stones Barkley uh, Bertrand's fairly young Rashford obviously uh, is is there despite this is there cause for optimism in the future or is this is this such a dent to conf- uh, confidence and, and to the pride of the players that you think perhaps this isn't going to gonna go too well Dan with the right manager, I think it is. I think oh, okay. it, it literally. I think the, the players are. I don't think they, 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 they haven't performed. Don't get me wrong, but again, they are the youngest team there. Um, I think they've not got the experience there. Now they'll get that experience. They'll have, there'll be a new keeper, like hopefully, like we said with Butland. There'll be a new manager. There might be a, a new style. But I mean, you look at we touched on before about we play a ten warm up game. We're into ten uh, ten qualifying games. We won all ten. We we breezed all ten pretty much. Right, there's a couple of testers do. in there, but we always do. You get the war games, and this time the war games were spot on. They were tough teams, Germany, Portugal. Now, granted that they might not have took it as seriously as we'd have, you, you want them games to be, but we did well in those games. And we still didn't have 10 games plus two or three tough games and said, right, that's our system. We go out, and those 11 to 14 players will play those games, and everyone else will filter in if they needed to. 
that's what should have happened and didn't happen. So that hopefully going forward, a new manager will have that style of play. And I mean, I've texted out earlier and asked, I think Pardew or Allardyce is for me, they're, they're the two options. And if you go with Allardyce, you know what you're getting. And it'll be a, it'll be straightforward. World Cup, it'll just, it'll be, it'll knock everyone's socks off. Andy, Andy Carroll, whoever it is up front with a big lung, and you've got that plan B, you've got Rage Beauty, that'll be your plan A, and, and Allardyce can't play football at times. Okay, and I think so that's where you've got to go with it now. To me, that's how you've got to go. And if you have that structure, there is cause for optimism because you've got the right kind of style. Yeah, uh, well, the right play, that, you'll have a style ingrained in the players, if you will. I think that's a good point because I'm just about to mention the, the manager odds for the next single manager. We haven't actually mentioned that uh, Roy Hodgson resigned directly after the game. Uh, you probably already He was know. going anyway. I mean, I, I yeah. think everyone will make it. He's resigned, but he was going to be leaving next month or whatever after yeah. anyway because he knows he's not done well yeah. so he's just done a camera and a jump ship before he gets pushed oh, don't, don't start that yeah. apart um, from that <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> yeah um, so before I go into the next opponent manager you mentioned uh, about Sam Aldice's uh, style do you think that England's aspiration to play this possession football and this intricate football is perhaps unfounded because of the lack of technical ability but you can see just from the, the lack of chances created, the lack of chances taken, that this team isn't suitable for playing uh, possession football. Uh, Ryan, what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I fully agree. Germany played possession football, possession football, sorry, and they showed within seven minutes that they have the quality to uh, to unlock Slovakia's defence, something that England couldn't do in 97 minutes without it with inj- injury time. Um, uh, just going back quickly to your point. Um, about the, the youngest team in the tournament, should England have cause for optimism? No. Uh, Germany had the youngest team in the 2010 World Cup. They made it to the semi-final where they got beat 1-0 by a very good Spain team who went on to win the tournament. Uh, and now look at them, ru- ruling the world. And look at England, getting knocked out by Iceland. Go on, Dan. But you've got to look at that one, right? So you, what did they do before with that same squad? They had the under-21 championships two years before. It was the same yeah. squad that went through. They've already had that. We've not had that. The team we've got now, none of them played together on the 21s. Well, not yeah, a lot, they did. majority of them. Not majority Joe of them. Hart, Chris Smalling, Kyle Walker, all at the same time. Danny Rose, Eric Deer was there. Yeah. No, they they were all there. Harry Kane. All at the same time. They were. But you can't, they weren't. But Joe Hart, you can't, none of them played all at the same time. If you had James Milner was there. Germany have got lucky where they had, with Ozil, they've got everyone who's rich, near enough the same age and have gone through together and they've built that unity and they've got the style of play and they know what they're doing. And they've not had many that have come in to break that because they've all been good enough, if you know what I mean. They've had a couple that have come in, but with England, they haven't had all them players play together for for, for all the time. Yeah, but you can't, say, you can't have a go at Germany for having a good structure. I'm not having a go at it. I'm not having a go at it. I'm just saying with Ryan's point is that, yeah, they're saying it's not cause for optimism because we've got a young team. It is because we've not we're starting there where they started a year before the twenty ones and built into the Euros. Hence why they got to the semis. No, okay. that's how I see it. With that in know. mind, then um, the odds for the next uh, permanent England manager, uh, according to Skybet.com, um, I'll go from uh, let's say sixth favorite into the the favorite. Uh, Arsene Wenger twenty to one, probably a long shot. Not a chance. Uh, Sam Allardyce is twelve to one. Uh, one of your favourites there, Dan. And to be honest, why not? I'd, I'd quite like that. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, 10 to 1. Strange one. Um, I see that. Having just uh, joined Celtic. So yeah. Strange one. Um, Alan Pardew, 8 to 1. Another one of your picks, Dan. Uh, that'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure uh, what he'd offer, really. And uh, Gary Neville, 6 to 1. He's second favourite with, with Skybet. Um, and Gareth Southgate is 4 to 1 favourite. So he's he's the current under twenty one manager. He's done quite well. He's just won the tournament, hasn't he? Before before this one, um, what do you think of that? Because uh, he is a bit of a joke, isn't he? At top Ooh, Gareth. Gareth Southgate. Uh, he probably deserves it based on the just on the performance of the under twenty one squad in that tournament before the uh, you know before this one began, where we beat France in the final. I think it was. The team played well. They got some. Uh, Nathan Redmond had a, a standout tournament. Someone who could probably do a job for us on the wings going forward. And if if like something Dan said didn't happen, what did happen? Uh, where we we promote all the players at once. 
Um, and, you know, get, get, just start playing the young team, just start playing the young players, get rid of the old players in the squad, get rid of the Cahills, the Roonies, the Hearts, um, and try and get club players, club teams to stop playing, like Kane played, what, 50 games last season, just, just well, get them to rest him. That's the point I made earlier on in the pod about Kane, is that he played a full season for Spurs, under-21s, a full season for Spurs in Europe as well. You can't stop clubs playing the players like that, especially when Kane's done what he's done two seasons running. But he's going to hit. I mean, Bentley was the one at high profile who pulled out of an England squad because he was knackered, and he knew that. I mean, in the end, he's not. He, he's got slated for it. He's not made it. But if he'd have been, if someone had took a chance on him, he'd have still been going because he'd have yeah. had that break. And I mean, I know we put pressure on football's easy. Everyone thinks football. I'll just play football. That's all it is. But the intensity of it nowadays. I mean, he, Kane's burnt out. If it, I said I thought he'd have burnt out into the next season for Tottenham, but he burnt out early. And that was it. He was burnt out of his tournament. But sorry, Andy. No, um, just on the point of the under twenty ones. Uh, so the the German model, if you will, of bringing the under twenty ones through, um, and obviously the, the success of the England team this summer, uh, the under twenty ones at least. I'm just looking at their starting eleven in the final. Jordan Pickford at Sunderland, who's been fairly good when he's played. Uh, you'd say he's one for the future, um, and. Beyond that, there's not many starters for the teams, and that's the point you were making, wasn't it? Um, Calm Chambers doesn't get in for Arsenal. Um, Matt Target is a bit part player at Southampton. James Ward-Prowse is more of a starter. He's a very good player. I think um, we'd all like to see him push on. Uh, and you've got a Chelsea contingent there of uh, Nathan Chaloba, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Lewis Baker, um, who, who all look decent. Ruben Loftus-Cheek especially. He's very physical. Um Good, good style on the ball. You've got uh, Nathan Redmond, as you mentioned, and Duncan Watmore of Sunderland. So you've got players there. I mean, it's hard to tell at this point because you, you don't know how to, uh, players are going to develop. But that under-21 team for Germany were, were playing Bundesliga football. Yeah. Week in, week out. You know, Werder Bremen and, and the sort of lesser teams, but they were still playing proper football. England just can't do that, and that's a, pr- a problem for another another conversation, I guess. But the idea of doing it the German way, I just don't think is is ever going to happen. Um, no, and it, it just no. can't the way the way it is at the moment. Um, so before we move on, <laughs> well, let's talk about the game. Um, <laughs> Twenty minutes in, let's talk about the game. So um, definite penalty, no disputing that, of course. Um, the one thing Sterling did right yeah, all game yeah and uh, Rooney's penalty was, was excellent actually really really good penalty and again that's probably the only thing he did right wasn't it he had a stinker yeah. um, the two Iceland goals uh, seemed very avoidable um, what was your take on that Ryan <laughs> the, both Iceland goals what, what were you thinking your your comment was just absolute Sunday league stuff um, you're probably referring to him not making any changes but it's a long throw-in. They did the exact same thing when they scored against Austria. It's just like it's exactly like um, Roy Hodgson's coaches just didn't even bother to, you know, research Iceland before the game. The goals come from set pieces. They have a set piece. Well, that was exactly what happened. Austria long throw-in. Um, was it Helgeson or whatever his name is? Flicked it on, uh, or Bjarnson flicked it on, and. It just fell to a defender who smashed it home. That's exactly what that's exactly what happened against Austria. It's exactly what happened against us. And then for the uh, for the second goal, Joe Hart's had a nightmare again. He should have saved the free kick against Gareth Bale, and he should have saved this. Must still have some head and shoulders on his gloves. It was a pass back, wasn't it? It wasn't a shot. It was awful. That's something like one of us should be conceding as a keeper, not a world class England's number one. Someone who's you know kept Real Madrid and Barcelona at bay in consecutive seasons. Oh, baffling. Um, just on that throw, if you talk about the first goal, okay, right? So I mean, I know I've got some of this off listening to lead the commentators afterwards, but oh, they were having fun, weren't they? I mean, they were. But I noticed it in the game that we play football together, okay, right? If someone makes a mistake, you pull them up on it, you change it, and. You don't listen to James McDowell, who was our manager at the time. You, you adapt to it. So if he tells you that you're marking, yeah, you do it the first time, it doesn't work. Me and Ryan would have a chat. No, some of you mark him, he's bigger or whatever. Why does Rooney mark the same player on the same long throw-in in the second half? It, and he strikes me as like, are you 
asking for trouble. Now, you've obviously got a game plan to mark certain players, but you know what they're going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean, 90% of the time they're going to try that again because it's worked the first time. It's what, I, that, what you try. It's instinct to think, oh, I've took that player on once already. I'll try it again because it might work. Yeah. And it just doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't change that up. And then Hearts obviously cocked up for the goal again. And I mean, it's just... I mean, I saw the video that I think it was Andy's shit on the on the Facebook podcast of <laughs> the robot, and it, as much as I was so annoyed, and I mean, I watched the game with three Scottish family members, Come and on. they pissed me off, and they were grinning, and I couldn't look at them. Like I can't look at you now, <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, Hart should have saved that all day long. Sorry, of course, Andy, you... no, um, of course, we we need to move on at some point uh, to talk about some of the excellent results we've we've had uh, in this first knockout round. Um, we've had a couple of tweets, um, quite a few from at Mikey Toll, uh, Michael Lee's friend yeah, of the show, well. um, who was looking forward to a bit of uh, Dan Whiteside ranting, so we've had a bit of that. Um, he's, uh, well, uh, he said that, and then also we've had uh, another friend of the show, uh, Chandra Ladda, apologies for the, uh, the awful pronunciation, probably, sorry mate. Um, That's spot on that. Oh, nice one. I'll cut, that, I'll cut that apology out. Um, the, and he said uh, of the England game, the worst moment of the football season, and he's a Chelsea fan. Uh, embarrassing. And we've given the we've given the Welsh the right to be smug. Um, which, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I have the culture of Mikey Tull, so uh, and he's Welsh, so it doesn't go down too well. When oh, I to, so yeah, Thursday's going to be fun. Troubles. Uh, right, so before we move on to uh, the rest of the, uh, the round of 16, uh, Dan or Ryan, either of you got any more points you want to make about this uh, shit show? Just hey. one. Okay. Just one. But I'll go before you do, Dan. I'm sure you've got a little bit more to go. Um, in the last two games against Slovakia and Iceland, apart from scoring the penalty, we had, I think, just just short of 50 shots, and only six of those were on target. Or seven, sorry. Seven were on target. So, well done, England and Roy Hodgson. You are officially useless in front of goal, Wonderful. despite having four strikers on the pitch at every, at every possible point in the game. Uh, um, I've read that stat as well. I think Portugal were either, before tonight, were above us in number of shots um, that they'd had, and they've also struggled to, well, apart from the three goals against Hungary, they, they've struggled in all the other games, so... It obviously doesn't mean that having loads of shots means of scoring loads of goals. But yeah, tonight, that England, it's just frustrating me because I had so much optimism and I mean, you all know what I was like and you all laughed at me anyway and you probably proven right, but I honestly yeah, I thought we'd have gone far in this one. I thought we'd go far in this one. Um, I didn't factor in, obviously, to, stupidly, the, the fact that the players would bottle it in terms of the occasion get, get to them. However, I do think they were playing... I think they were gutted themselves. I think they, they wanted to win. Obviously, they wanted to win. I just think that they were the players that were chosen to play were wrong by Hodgson in every game near enough. Um, Vardy should have been playing a bit more. Um, he's obviously Kane had burnt out. Sterling had no confidence, um, and it was just it, well, it was dire to be fair. And I mean, well, dire today with the sub. I mean, I, I couldn't work it out at first why he'd been subbed, but when you think about the first half and they were played four four two, he had the space to drop into. And normally he's marking someone. Now it just looked like, well, what do you want me to do? So I think that's why Wilshire came on. And like Ryan said, cocked it up straight away. Rooney were playing crap. He should have come off. Rashford could have come on earlier. Um, Hart was shit. And it was just tonight summed up. I just did it. A disappointing tournament. And for me, I was expecting, I thought we'd do really well. Um, and now I've got to rely on Griezmann to be top scorer to win any money that I could win left. So <laughs> that leaves me there. So um, that's that's all I'm going to say, really. To be fair, good man. Right. Oh, um, Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola must be fucking thinking. Uh, thinking what a crock of shit I'm inheriting. Yeah. Because there's no way he's going to keep Hart and Sterling now. Yeah. So definitely. I'd be surprised if they're still there. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Let's move on. Okay, I just want one word from uh, the two of you. Next single manager, Ryan. Neville. Dan. Pardew, only because Sam Allardyce has only recently got a Sunderland job, otherwise it'd be Allardyce. But it, I think it'll be Pardew for his arrogance. Okay, very good. Right, so we'll move on. Holloway! Hang on, Andy. Uh, me, Andy, who, what do you think? Who do I think it'll be, or who do I want it to be, I guess? Um, hey, who do you think? The bookies tend to know what they're talking about. Gareth Southgate. 
They want. Who do you got... want it to be? Who do I want it to be? Uh, I mean, I I don't care about the England team. So okay, I want it. To, I on. want it to be. Louis <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I think it's Southgate's to turn down if he wants to stay with his current crop of under twenty ones, and maybe wait for them to reach you know twenty two, twenty three collectively, and then move up after the next England manager prevail. You know, probably fucks it up at the next tournament. Then, you know. Actually, you know what? I think it'll be Neville. There's a reason he's there, and I think he's left. Well, he's left, hasn't he? He's left the setup already. Um, he's confirmed that him and was it Lewington or Lewington? I can't remember. Isn't it? Ray Lewington. Lewington. Um, Ray Lewington. Yeah, they've yeah. left um, as well, but obviously that means that he's left the setup that he was in. It doesn't mean he can't come back as a manager if he wants. Hmm. Right. Very interesting. Uh, so that's England. No. See you later. Um, the the <laughs> round of sixteen started with Croatia against Portugal. Uh, quite a tight game um, as expected. I quite fancied Croatia for this one. Poland. No, it wasn't. It was Poland. Poland, uh, Poland oh, Switzerland. This, this list has deceived me. Uh, of course, it was Switzerland. Start with yours. Well, yeah, no, we'll go to Switzerland, Poland. Okay. Uh, it was um, all Poland in the first half, all Switzerland in the second half. Uh, all all crap in the extra time, and then all she reaches in my pants after oh, that goal. Right, so Poland eventually won five four on penalties, uh, sending out Switzerland. I was a bit disappointed for Switzerland because they it certainly in the second half showed that they deserved it, and what a goal! What yeah, a goal! You know, will not be beaten. That's that's got to be goal of the tournament. Um, it's a shame they didn't go through after that. It's, it's that that kind of dampens it a little bit if that got them through. Uh, it's a shame Iceland didn't score theirs to put us out of our misery oh, earlier on. Yeah, that was the fun. Oh, it's <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Switzerland was so incredibly unlucky, and Poland really did hang on and just played for penalties in the last sort of, you know, 50 minutes, including added time. Poland were awful in the second half. They were, they, oh, yeah. They were quite good. You know, Switzerland didn't really offer much in the first half, but when Switzerland started to turn it on, Poland just had nothing, no answer to them at all. And... Uh, Go on, uh, go on, Dan. Poland should have been one 0 up in the first two minutes, though. And I mean, that would have they changed the game completely. Yeah. Um, they had that chance that was given gifted to him, really, but like you say, Switzerland turned on in the second half, and Poland had no answers whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Um. Just the granite jacker penalty. Um. He didn't have a good game. He's not had a good tournament. Arsenal fans must be cringing at the fact that he's coming. Obviously, he'll be better in a group setting as opposed to a, to- a league setting as opposed to a tournament setting. But the way they played and the way the game we're going to go on to next, Croatia-Portugal happened. I am not looking forward to watching that Poland-Portugal game at all. Oh, God, it's going to be horrible, isn't it? Um, Jacket, I imagine that the reason Arsenal signed him before the tournament was that his value would go up during the tournament <laughs> um, and if, if anything I bet they're, wait, they're, they're wishing they waited for it um, yep. he, he was, he's been okay but just nothing special and that was a you're not going to see a worse penalty than that not even uh, Messi can beat that one um, no. <laughs> which we'll talk about later um, the next game not Croatia Portugal was Wales versus Northern Ireland um, yes. and Wales uh, went through on this one thanks to uh, Gareth McCauley on goal Um Shame for Northern Ireland, but you know Wales probably can offer the tournament a bit more than than the Irish. What do you reckon, Dan? Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose I think. Well, say that I put I had a pound in my sky, but I can't left after the England bets tonight, and I just put it on Wales to win the tournament. I just think some stranger nice. things happen. Well, things have like Leicester won the Premier League, so you think stranger things have happened. And it was long. I think it was twenty-two to one or something. Daft like. But I just thought oh, I'll just stick on something like because there's nothing else that interests me in this now. But um, yeah, I think I think with Northern Ireland, I thought played well. I thought I thought they were the, probably the better team in the first half. They, they, they did stifle Wales, um, yeah. but then obviously on goal came in and Wales. I think like I say, Bale gets one chance, puts a decent ball in or a decent free kick, and he'll change the game. Um, and I think you looked at the, the team. You know, they have that te- team together. They have um, uh, that they use on Twitter and. You look at Ashley Williams, he's got a shoulder injury and he battled through. And it, that's the level of you've got a team togetherness in England and you can see there's a bit of passion there and a bit of camaraderie, but it's that next level that Wales seem to have and it's what's got them through so many games so far. And I think yeah. they've got Belgium next. And I mean, they can keep the, the main ones of Belgium quiet, then 
they've, they've got every every chance of getting to that semi-final and then you've got Poland or Portugal yeah so. definitely oh that'd be nice Bale against Ronaldo yeah definitely yeah. That one. Um, and the last game on uh, Saturday the 25th was Croatia against Portugal um, Croatia I quite, I quite fancied them they looked okay but Portugal got the win in, in uh, extra time thanks to Ricardo Quaresma uh, nice two yard header uh, could finish um, it was a bit of a smash and grab from Portugal I don't think they particularly deserved it I think penalties probably would have been a fair way to settle this one Dan? yeah that was the uh, the first shot on target in the whole game apparently yeah it was it was yeah and it came just I'm glad uh, I, knew. I watched the uh, I watched uh, 90 minutes and then I headed home I thought I'll get home during well, the time penalties technically Technically, it was a second because Ronaldo's shot was on target and it oh, de- okay. deflected to Charisma. Nice. You want to uh, you, you corrected me and Andy, so carry on. <laughs> it, was, uh, um, it was a minute after Perisic had hit the post for Croatia. Yes. Um, so it just goes to show what what slim margins there were. Um, Ryan, go on. I, I'm absolutely devastated because I put Ronaldo as top scorer. Um and he'd scored two against Hungary, thinking, oh, it's fallen to Cristiano Ronaldo at the back post. He's not going to miss. And he missed. You, you expected um, to put that away, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of happy. He went. I'm kind of happy Portugal went through now in the grand scheme of things with England going out because, um, obviously, England can uh, Portugal can go on and get a couple of goals against Poland. You'd think because their defence is pretty shocking. The thing Switzerland managed to do to it in the uh, in in the last in the second half in their game on Saturday. Poland have only conceded so, one goal in four games. Yeah. That's not too bad, is it? It's not too bad. You didn't say they're, sh- they're shambles. You know, Poland, uh, sorry, Portugal can turn it on in the last, in the last. You know, they've never not qualified for a knockout stage. They haven't played well, and you just expect Ronaldo, Nani, Charisma, Ronaldo, Sanchez came on and completely changed the game in Portugal's favour yeah. at half time, and you know, gave them a bit more attacking impetus. Oh, they're a better team and, than Poland, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, and you just expect them to go through and play probably Belgium in the next game, considering how different the Belgium-Hungary game was to how different the Wales-Northern Ireland game was. Yeah, okay, let's talk about uh, Hungary uh, nil, (laughs) Belgium 4. It was the biggest winning margin of the tournament so far. Uh, Belgium were on it. They were just fantastic. Second half, um, Hazard was just... Uh, his former self again wasn't he he was the player that we, we knew um, a season, the season before last uh, when he won the player of the year he was just superb and when you've got De Bruyne on form as well um, everyone seemed to click it was fantastic it was great to watch them and uh, Hungary everyone's uh, sort of second team weren't they they, they came out and uh, and really entertained they didn't they didn't sit, sit back like a few of these uh, smaller teams did they came out and attacked, and uh, it was a shame. But obviously, they got found out in the end uh, by a, a very superior Belgium team. Um, Ryan, what did you make of this game? Do you think Belgium can can do it? Oh yeah, they they started slowly against Italy, very underwhelmed by the performance after everyone put so much pressure on them going forward. I think uh, Dan and myself put them down as group winners in that one um, to go through and play possibly England, Spain in the final or whatever. Um, yeah, they underperformed, but they. They, they did better. They completely outclassed Ireland, um, did okay against Sweden, and then they were just relentless in their attack. They went 1-0 up in the first 10 minutes, and then they only scored the second goal on, what, the 73rd or 70, no, 78th minute scored the second goal. But it was just relentless attack, and they weren't just giving up and resting on it. They were just going forward, and I feel bad for De Bruyne. That that save, um, I've got what his name is, Karai. The save Karai made was, was, was really good for a, you know, for a 40-year-old. Um but it, they just need um, De Bruyne to score to top off what is an already great tournament for them. Dan? Toby Alderweireld scored the first one. I was practicing nice. that all season. <laughs> you know what? The, the commentator, it was on the BBC, the commentator couldn't say his name. Couldn't say saying Alderweireld. Big, big Tobes. Big Tobes. Big he, kept, Tobes. he kept calling him Big Tobes. I was thinking, what's, what's going on? <laughs> uh, well, oh, that, was, the that was spot on, Dan. Alderweireld. Um, so that was 4-0 uh, biggest winning margin at the tournament and uh, yeah they've got they've got some players on really good form um, I yeah. think Vermaelen is out of the next game I believe so probably that could possibly even benefit them if if um, Vertonghen and Alderweireld Alderweireld can uh, come into Big Tubbs can come into the centre um, and rekindle their Spurs partnership um, 
Elsewhere on the Sunday, France scraped past the Republic of Ireland 2-1. Um, I say scraped, but in the end it could have been a bloodbath really uh, for the Republic. Um, they got they got the win. They got the win. That's all yeah. they needed. Massive uh, game of two halves, though, wasn't it? I mean, Ireland dominated, not dominated, but really did well in the first half. Yeah. Um, France were awful. Uh, they made the change and brought was it at Coleman on? Um, Kingsley Coleman, yeah. He, he smashed it. I mean, he had a couple of first touches that were a bit dodgy first five minutes and all of a sudden his pace just it got everything away and I mean France just absolutely annihilated him in the second half Giroud linked well with Griezmann Griezmann got two goals especially knocked down from Giroud and maybe should have had his hat trick but yeah, what a... it, it, France smashed it I thought that Giroud header for the uh, Griezmann second goal was utterly insane yeah, just threw two defenders like, across and the awareness to drop that word to yeah. it was brilliant fantastic yeah, yeah. Um, and just yeah. to mention Blackburn, uh, Duffy, who plays for Blackburn, got sent off, as he does, because he's a dickhead. And <laughs> I know he couldn't do anything, but uh, he's done it three times a season. He couldn't really do anything about that one, but yeah, idiot. What, what, where do you stand on that one? Because some people say you're best to just let let the keeper save it or, you know, just take the chance. I'd run behind him. I'd, you'd run behind him and just if you make, a, make him know you're there. Make him panic and think you're going to put a challenge in and then just hope your keeper saves it. So you you believe it's better to stay with eleven men on the field and perhaps you know maybe lose a goal than well, if it had been if it if it had missed and you got eleven on the pitch it's justified if if he scores you still got eleven on the pitch and you've probably got a better chance than if he scores a free kick and there's ten I don't know there's all different ways of looking at it I, I personally think I'd, I'd have you know tried to get as close as you can but I know Duffy's the slowest player in the, in that back line of Ireland, I think so. I think he was a bit just panicking and he just tried to make a last ditch challenge. But... Well, yeah. It was desperation, wasn't it? Complete yeah. desperation. Yeah. And, uh, I think he wanted to do it before the box as well because I mean, if he'd have touched him in the box, it'd have been a penalty, so it'd have been double whammy. Yeah. But is there a rule in there something that they can't, that the referees have been told not to do reds as well uh, as well as penalties? Yeah. I heard the commentator say something double about a double whammy. Yeah. yeah, so apparently they've been warned not to do that. They've said if you're given a penalty, don't give a red, which is a bit. Just give a penalty then. <laughs> yeah, injury. Well, that's what they do. Imagine that's <laughs> indirect free kick and uh, sending off. Yeah, yeah, you can't have a penalty and sending off. What do you want? Dip, dip, do. Um, so France ended up uh, winning, and they could have had a few more, to be honest. Towards the end, um, you mentioned Kingsley Coman. Uh, he came on and had by far his best uh, best game of the tournament so far. Uh, as did Griezmann, he looked fantastic and he's looked a bit yeah. out of sorts uh, so far, but playing behind Giroud uh, worked so well because, well, you saw exactly why you know, he could have had a hat-trick of goals just set out by Giroud, so um, good on good on France they, they roll into a, a quarter-final with Iceland which uh, they certainly won't make as hard work of as, uh, as England did Um Germany also joined them in the quarterfinals, beating Slovakia 3-0. Um, it wasn't really a contest. Slovakia... Yeah, and this is this is something I wanted to bring up. So Slovakia uh, played out a 0-0 draw with England to secure third place. And that has... that They must have known that that would be bad in terms of the draw they got. And it just seems like it's so negative. And, and Hodgson's guilty of this as well from England's point of view. In not going for the win... Whether you're England or Slovakia, you've you've significantly hampered your chances. I don't see the point of just just getting out of the group isn't enough. You know what I mean? I think third place Slovakia. third place was difficult, wasn't it? Because I mean, you didn't know who you'd get, but you're guaranteed to get a group winner. But then when you look at the group, I mean, if you go further down the group, so you're looking at the last group like Portugal, it for them they'd be looking and thinking, well, actually, the teams you thought were going to win the group, Spain didn't win the group, England didn't win the group, um, was it Belgium didn't win the group, you think, well, actually, a third place isn't going to be too bad. But when you're looking at Group B, and like you say, you don't know who you're going to end up facing because all the groups have been decided. Why haven't both teams gone for that win? You've and then you look where Slovakia went. Yeah, and Slovakia ended up with Germany because, I mean, it could have been England-Germany, yeah. in, in all honesty. And... So Slovakia, in my opinion, deserve everything they got. Uh, just, yeah. just from the way they approached that that last game, um, yeah, and yeah, Germany run riot. You know, they even brought Lucas Podolski on. It was that comfortable. Um, good on him. And uh, Mar- Mario got uh, Mario Gomez. Sorry, also got a goal. Um, two and two now for him. Yeah, very good. He's he's back on form, and he is such a better option than than Getzer, who I 
Just striker. The, the, Germany are trying to mimic everything Spain did, but put their own touch on it. And they're doing it to the point where they're playing a false nine. And I just Germany's false nine isn't as good as Spain, so just play the striker. Yeah. They, they do miss a Miroslav closer up top, definitely. And I'm not sure why they thought Goetz would be that that number, uh, that, that false nine. Um, and just going to a little club thing here, if Liverpool do end up signing Goethe like, like has been put forward, then best of luck to him because they're not getting a good player at all. Oh. Yeah, he won the World Cup, but he doesn't train well. He's more interested in flash things than, than playing football at the moment. He doesn't... Flash, and flash things, yeah, flash floods. Um, and <laughs> he, he, he just doesn't look interested. <laughs> he doesn't look interested, so I'd, I'd fair, you know, fair play to him He's if he goes there. One, isn't he, because... He signed for Bayern from Dortmund, obviously, and it just seems from you know I watch the Bundesliga highlights every every week. It just seems like Marco Royce is just such a better player than Goetze. Yeah, such a better player, and obviously uh, Royce would would have been in this team and he would have probably been starting, but uh, but for an injury, it just I don't understand what Goetze does I don't think he's particularly good at anything from what I've seen he doesn't doesn't really start games for Bayern um, well they've got a wealth of, of talent there so you can understand that but he's he's such an interest he's probably one that's just going to waste whatever talent he has whatever he's meant to do I don't know it's, it's just going to sort of pass by yeah well he you look at every footballer nowadays the sort of ripped six backs all the other He's just chubby. He he's got he's got nothing. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Know, glass houses. But someone who plays for Bayern Munich, um, and you know, like you say, he plays for Bayern Munich is at the top of his game. He just seems like he's gone from Dortmund, where he was doing well, missed that Champions League final, got his payday moving to Bayern, and it's just become disinterested in football. Whether that's because he's at Bayern and just you know they win everything and there's no real challenge there, I guess we'll find out if he moves on. Yes, we will. Um, the last. Uh, knockout round game we haven't covered was uh, Italy versus Spain. Uh, you'd expect Spain to get the win, but if there's one team that's going to uh, suffocate it, uh, Spain, it's Italy, and they were fantastic. But it wasn't even a backs against the wall sort of Italian defence kind of kind of display. Italian job. Italian Come on, it was there. If you yes, oh, beautiful Ryan. Um, it was fantastic. They were they were head and shoulders. You know, excuse the pun, <laughs> Joe Hart. So much better team than than Spain were certainly in the first half. They just had them yeah. at arm's length and really made Spain suffer. I, th- I thought Spain were awful, as as good as Italy were. Spain were as bad. It's like watching a boxing match. Just sit back, take a couple of jabs, and then just hit them with a couple of big punches on on the counter, and that was it. Yeah. And they soaked up the pressure and then just released um, players down the wings. And could have scored a couple more, but if not for a couple of good saves from De Gea. And likewise, Spain could have scored if not for a good couple of saves from Buffon. But just the quality in there from Italy and just the level-headedness that they had to, to go on and do something. It's nice to see Spain not win again, though. As as much as I hate Italy on an international level, because you know they always knock England out of cups as do Portugal, I'd rather see Italy move on than Spain in this tournament. I don't want to see Spain win it for a third time. Yeah. Good call. Um, did did Italy do enough to show you that they are potentially dark horses, or you know, are they becoming favourites for this tournament? Dan, I think I think they've um, they've done enough to show they can play a tactical game. Um, I mean, they played Belgium one one nil, but I thought it was one nil, wasn't it? Was it one nil? Yeah, yeah, it was two nil. Uh, oh, sorry. Was it? Yeah, it's one. And um, but they played the game the right way. They they, mar- they defended well. They're resolute. They've got a really good back back three with Buffon. I think isn't that's how they play. Um, they've got a good back line um, that can control, contain attacks, and then they've got the counter attack style, which is great. And Pele is the the kind of he's not a bad player with his feet, but he's that big lad up front, and he'll find the space, and he's got two cracking volleys. He's fantastic. Um, it was two 0 but um, Pele scored. Uh, yeah, yeah, was, was yeah, the yeah. Um, but you know the same again in Italy. They won uh, against Spain today. They won the up and they've gone out. I think they've been defending well. I, I think they'll get undone. I think it's going to be interesting against Germany, and then obviously if France get through as well um, to the next round. If Italy do beat Germany, then they've got two tough games to get to the final. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it will be hard for them, and I think maybe Germany might find a way through. 
But um, so far, so, so far, they've, they've proved that that they're every chance to get to that final. Okay, so that sets us up for quarterfinals of Poland versus Portugal, Wales versus Germany. Uh, the winner of those two games will play each other, and uh, Germany. Wales, versus... Germany. Oh, Wales versus Belgium. Germany, <laughs> Germany versus Italy, and France versus Iceland. Uh, so you'd expect, uh, yeah, cheers, Dan. Um, <laughs> what, what are we saying then? Portugal versus Belgium, Germany yep. versus France. Yeah, I think I don't think you can go away from it. Like I'm just looking here at Mario Gomez's stats in the tournament. He's taken six shots and five have been on target. He's had two goals. I think if he gets afforded the time to turn and shoot against Italy, then I think they'll really pay for it because he's very he is he is clinical um, for for club and country. So it shocks me though with Germany how it took him two games to realise he needs to play with that striker, yeah. especially after you see after match day one. So everyone's played once in the Euros. And not one striker had shot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a striker's Euros, this. And then, it, again, they didn't play him, and now they're playing him. Look what's happening. And I mean, you say that, and two wingers are top scorer, so. Gareth Bale and Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> but, you, that, but that's why right, it is a striker. I think it could be a striker. It definitely but it's is. It's a striker's yeah. Euros, you know what I mean? If you have a decent striker, you've got a chance to go far. And I mean, Spain came up against a difficult draw. They'd have beat Croatia, they'd been in the other half with Marassa on four. He baby was on three, I think, wasn't he, before the after the group stages. So again, if that striker is what you need, and to be fair, Griezmann's more of a striker and Bale's more of a striker than for for Wales. So it is a striker's game this year, well tournament, I think. Uh, right, so it's um, we've got that to look forward to, and thankfully all the games uh, take place before next Monday, so we can come back and review uh, all the action. Um, we'll look forward to those games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nice uh, eight o'clock kickoffs as well, so we can. Well, what time's that for you, Ryan? Actually, three uh, three o'clock. Well, old-fashioned kickoffs, good man. Um, yeah, watch them all. Right, there's a, a few other things happened in the world of football. Um, Chile won the Copa America. Uh, yep. Good for them, uh, but that also led to the uh, retirement from international football of Leo Messi, who missed uh, a vital penalty in the in the shootout for. Bullshit. What? Oh, he's bullshit. bullshit. I thought you were saying my my facts were wrong. Um, no, 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 facts are correct there, but I just think time. it is bullshit, and it will be bullshit. Do you reckon? I've, I've heard ah, that yeah, yeah. other players are considering it as well, Aguero. Yeah, Aguero, Mascherano, both considering retirement. I think it, it, the uh, indication appears to be... It just sounds be, like he's missed a penalty, and he's crying. It appears to be that that's... players are, are concerned about the the uh, Argentinian FA and, and things surrounding that rather than just playing football for the national side I think there's there's other issues um, surrounding this yeah. um, he has beaten his uh, country's uh, top goal scorer records held by uh, I'm very unhappy about yeah, that the legendary Gabriel Batistuta um, just any mention of him and I'm a bit happier and it was a shame it's a shame that they, they've never won a well Messi's never won an a international tournament he had a golden chance to do so in, uh, this year and indeed uh, two years ago uh, in in Brazil but uh, that's an end of an era for them you know a lot of people said that Messi didn't perform on, on the international stage and that was absolute garbage but he's he's 29 he's got a few years ahead of him at his peak you'd suggest um, so why not just focus on his club no problem with that what do you reckon any any reaction to that at all I was just going to ask you do you think he would be still be considered one of the best players to ever have played without winning an international tournament obviously um, Pelé and uh, Maradona have both done that yeah you've got to look at who he's playing with you know you can't you can't say George Best wasn't the, one of the best of all time just because he, just because he happened to be from a certain country, you know. Stanley Matthews, what? Same as you can't say about Ronaldo either, can't you? You can't. Yeah, right. exactly. Ronaldo's exactly the same. Just because he's got, a, you know, a bunch of wankers around him for his international team, <laughs> doesn't mean he's not a fantastic footballer. And um, it's a shit. You know, the fact that Messi missed the penalty in his last involvement in an international game, in a in a final, a big final, which which. Uh, Concerns him to I think it's five tournaments now without getting anything. Yeah, five finals is it that they haven't won? 
Thai finals, I think, though. He's not won, yeah. Incredible. Um, you know, that's not a great way to end, and I'm sure he would have, you know, he maybe would have retired had he scored that, and, you know, had they gone on to win, he might have bowed out anyway. Um, but it's it's the end of an era for them. Uh, obviously, he'll continue with Barcelona, or, you know, when the papers link him to a £200 million move to, you know, Leicester or something. Leicester, um, yeah. The... Uh, well, what's that, what else is going on in the world? Uh, Lauren, Blanc, uh, uh, Lauren Blanc, yeah, Lauren Blanc left. Has left uh, that Mickey Mouse League in France um, to go and do. What about him as England manager? As as who manager? What about him as England manager? <sighs> yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, sure. Why not? Who cares? Um, I think he'll just swap with Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. It's a good show. Just what this summer. No, no, just think in general, just, I just think it'd be a good job swap, like, as in Wenger back to France. I think Wenger should, like should have gone years ago to, back to PSG when they first got the money yeah, in. Give Blanc a chance at Arsenal, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Blanc's done enough. Anyway. Uh, uh, well, he hasn't had his car prove himself. Um, I did notice that Alves has gone to Juventus. Uh, didn't free. Say, yeah, free transfer. Great signing. Can't yeah. Be, yeah, I can't believe he's free, but. His contract was up, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, great signing. He, he was linked with United uh, a year or two ago, and then he signed a, an extension, but has decided to move on. He's still a very good player, and he'll he'll rip Italy apart, I imagine. Um, yeah. Sadio Mane is having a medical at Liverpool, <laughs> ahead of a £34 million move from Southampton to Liverpool. Um, what a shambles that amount of money is. Oh. Make sure. We were talking before, the, the, the money doesn't make a difference in today's game. But when um, when Southampton are buying uh, Nathan Redmond for a future England player, definitely he had some stellar performances for Norwich last season with a better team around him. You'd think he would easily replace Mane, who's going to move on for 34 million plus add-ons to Liverpool. Southampton is still going to be a better place than Liverpool in this league. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm bursting into well, I'm trying not to laugh. I've just seen uh, I've not played it through but there's a, a vine on um on twitter of harry kane's uh one of harry kane's many free kicks uh, tonight to the oh to the god team. that one where he nearly hit the corner flag yeah, from the center i think central. it'll be that one uh that one set to the titanic music which i'm i've seen a lot of these recently but I've, i have to say i'm very uh, very very much enjoying them uh i'll check that out after we've finished recording probably shouldn't have mentioned it but uh check that out we'll retweet it um Right before we leave, and uh, before Dan goes and punches a wall, um, do you have anything, Ryan, that you would like to uh, share with us? Yeah, I'm just reading a comment here from Roy Hodgson. He said, he's extremely disappointed, of course, about tonight's result and ultimately our exit from the competition. We haven't progressed as far as I thought we were capable of, and that's obviously not acceptable. I'm actually proud of the work that my coaching staff and I have achieved in our time at the home with England. Are you just trying to wind me up? Uh, no, this this is genuine. He's put the transition from his club. No, I don't know if this will wind you up, but um, Iceland have Iceland have 650 UEFA trained coaches for 330,000 people. England have 1,395 UEFA coaches for 53 million people. Um, UEFA coaches. What level is that then? That's UEFA. B, I, get, I imagine oh, UEFA B. Does it include us then? It doesn't, no, no, it doesn't include us. us uh, what level are you on, Dan? Level 1. Are you just level 1? Yeah, yeah, I was going to do my level 2. I am going to do my level 2. Yeah, good man. Um, Think about it. But yeah, these are, these are elite coaches. Uh, it does take a lot to get a UEFA uh, license. Um, but Iceland have half as many as England, but for a population. I mean, I can't even do the maths on that. It's it's uh, incomparable in terms of the. For every one Icelander, there's 150 Englishmen or 150,000 Englishmen or something like that. That that looks about right. Yeah. So you've got um, you've got a lot of coaches per person in Iceland, and I think you know that this issue of coaching for for England has not just come up in recent years. It's been a problem for a long time, and it's it, for the national sport of the country. It's shameful that that more isn't done by the Premier League by the FA to get people into coaching and it costs so much you know the the level 2 alone you know isn't much to people who have a bit of money but 
you'd, you'd have to save up. Well, I certainly would to get my level two and um, level three, and then you've got you've got all sorts of hoops to jump through to get to the UEFA. Well, it's like, I mean, on a side topic, I mean, listeners want to know this. Must have got me on Facebook, but my um, wife's little brother is nine. He's just joined Fleetwood under tens, and I mean, he's gone there. And, were telling us today when he was signing that he is now worth three thousand pounds to them. So if he gets a, like another team coming during the year, or whatever, the other team will have to pay for him with three thousand pounds, then sign him on if he's good enough. But I was like looking, I was talking to the guy who coaches him, and I wonder what like whether he like how he's gone and got his coaching badges, if you know what I mean. Because I mean. <laughs> It's, it's like over thousands of pounds to get you away from B licenses. You can go out and get them on your own. But if you haven't got a job from it, then it's a lot of money to lay out where you need to find them jobs. The, the club should be putting more into English coaches rather than going abroad. And Eric Day is an example of that because he learned his trade out in Portugal and he's come back here. And, and again, you question whether he has the passion for England because he's lived out in Portugal for all his life. But well, everyone's a, going elsewhere now for coaches, for players, and it's, it's wrong. That's a really good point you've made there. Could clubs, you know, from Premier League down to, you know, League One, League Two, could clubs sponsor a hundred coaches to do UEFA for coaching badges? It wouldn't cost them that much money. You know, it costs an individual a lot of money. It doesn't cost a company a lot of money. You know, it's a hundred coaches a season, say. And what would they get out of that? What do they, they get out? They, they get quality coaches. You know, they have. Yeah. You know, what the country's crying out for quality English coaches. Something yeah. we so severely lack of. But, but if you went to like a club and like a Fleetwood Town say, and they said, right, we'll sponsor 100 a year, they don't, they don't need 100 coaches. So they're going to be playing out that money for them coaches to go elsewhere. That's what. Do you know what I mean? That's. That yeah, I, but it's more. That's I mean, where I think. Yeah, I suppose. You'd, you'd, have to get the, you'd have to be the FA that would put the money into it rather than. Clubs, but, but if the it? FA give the clubs the money to then give a hundred coaches job like experience at their club. Yeah, no, it's a good it point, should be yeah. subsidised by the FA anyway. It shouldn't be as expensive as it is. Oh, the amount of money in the Premier League alone, regardless of the FA, the Premier League should be. That, and that's maybe the point I'm making. The, pre, the Premier League should, in every area of the country, should be putting this money back into coaching, and. Making this this league what it what it's supposed to be, you know, it's it's the most it's the richest league in the world. It's got, you know, it's it's got some of the best players in the world, but it's not it's got nothing to do with England anymore. And yes, and the England so the England national team is is just a byproduct of that. If you know, and that that stat about Iceland, I didn't know that. I've just read it there. That's that's shocking. That for the, this country's national sport. That everyone, you know, most of the country had days off work the other week when they played Wales, and yet you can't even muster more. Than I've had days off work every time they've played. Exactly. But <laughs> absolute waste of time they were. You should be. I mean, I, I dare to to even look what the, the figure is in Spain or Italy or Germany. You know, per person. You know. Oh, Spanish coaches are completely out of this world. I think there's like three hundred thirty thousand of them. Well, there you go. Well, that's, that's Iceland, right. I think, mate. No, oh, no, there is, there is a lot of coaches in Spain. But it makes me laugh, it's right. So everyone's took the day off that Wales game, okay, right, yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, for no disrespect to some people, but it is a lot of the people who listen to the podcast, but it's a lot of bandwagoners. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of people who aren't into football who took the day off just so they had a day, a bit of a day off. Going to other countries and they win a Euro or they win a game and it's beeping the horns and it's flags everywhere. In England, if we'd have won tonight, would you have had that anywhere? And there isn't that passion anymore for England, I don't think, from people, like the fans as such. Yeah, they'll take a day off and they'll go to the pub. But there isn't that, in the, like, like it used to be in the 90s or whatever, but it still goes on. Like, if you're in Spain, in Turkey or in Greece when they won it, right even on roundabouts, in France will do the same, beeping their own, dead excited. There's none of that any around here, like England that I know of. No. Just happy slapping and racism. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway... Right, we, we I went on a slight, a slight a diversion there. Apologies for that. That was my fault. Um, before we leave, Dan, do you have anything you want to say? Um, no, I'm, I'm trying not to rant. I just looked at the Hodgson's um, win percentage. And it's just, there's 
Hodgson on 58. Uh, Sven Goreaux on 59. Ron Greenwood 60. Glenn Hoddle 60.7. Alf Ramsey 61.1. Who's top with 67, 67 do you reckon? Who's top? Um, Capello. Yeah. Yeah. Played 42, 128. But yeah, so... Uh, Perry Hodgson's down in, he's played more games, but he's only won marginally more, but he's 58, which I don't think is too bad, but it's tournament games that have cost him. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just so dour, isn't it? It's just so so meek and, you know... So Louis van Gaal-esque. Yeah, just no fight about it, and, and that's ultimately, you know, Iceland 100% deserve to win. Uh, and it would Oh, be- without question. Oh, they, in their, in their four games, they've completely shown England how a team should go about playing in these tournaments, I guess. They had fight, they had passion, they had desire. Ireland, Northern Ireland, the same. Wales, the same. The only two teams that don't seem to have any fight and passion are England and Portugal. Spain. Um, (laughs) Spain. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, You can contact us on our website, dangerzonepodcast.com or on Twitter at dangerzonepod. Before we leave, I'd just like to... um, Recall the words of Clive Tillersley during the um, during the England game. They were, uh, the England team were staggering around like strangers. I think we can all agree with that one. Um, right, have a good week. Enjoy the quarterfinals, and we will see you next Monday to round them up. Uh, let's hope Iceland uh, show show us all what they're made of once more. Uh, thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much, Ryan, and we'll see you next Monday. England suck. The highway to the girl's home Gonna take a ride into the girl's home